Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Station 007 Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzaffel. With me, as always, is the man himself, George Rogers. Hello. And we are here for episode six of season three. Six or five? Six. Six sounds right. Whatever. Thanks. Welcome welcome back to season three. Um, And today's episode, uh, uh, pardon the no uh, advertising, but... uh, it is our top 10 Roger Moore moments of the franchise. Uh, George came up with this the other day, and he didn't take much convincing, let's just say that. Because <laughs> uh, Roger's got some great ones. Yep, didn't, uh, didn't have to break your arm or plead a case. I was just like, yeah. hey, how about top 10 Roger Moore moments? And you're like, okay. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly how it went. Exactly how it went. So, um, of course, this is like every top 10 that we – Typically run dishonorable mention ten through two, honorables number one. Um, I don't think there's anything um, to talk about. I mean, Not, we're I mean, there really isn't any news. I mean, we might get some stuff closer as uh, as we get closer to the release date for No Time to Die, but as of right now, it's yeah. pretty quiet. Uh, which we're gonna have we're gonna have to. Uh, or unfortunately, that might be a movie we have to see separately mm-hmm. because that's New York Comic Con weekend. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So we can record it Saturday since I'm not going to the con on Saturday, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll probably try to see it Thursday night uh, yeah, when I'll I get, when to- I when I get back from uh, when I get back from Thursday night showing. Um, just to guarantee it being seen and then saturday we can we can record and then we'll, mm-hmm. i'll post it uh we might have to post that saturday i don't know if i have a chance to post it sunday so that might be a record saturday and a posting on a saturday so um just to make sure it gets out there so well it'll, when we when we get a little closer we'll work on the logistics uh, it'll be a treat for the fans yeah when we get a little when, when we get closer we'll, we'll work on the logistics a little more so um but uh, we'll keep everybody in mind. Again, that'll be the season finale of season three. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep everybody posted though, if if that gets posted a couple you know, twenty four hours earlier or not. Um, so with that being said, George, you have anything to add? I got nothing. All right, if you want to, it's rock and roll. Uh, yeah, George, what, you want to start with your dishonorable mention? I'll start with my dishonorable mention. Uh, my dishonorable mention is basically just all of a view to a kill. <laughs> Uh, mine's close. I, I have the pre-battle sequence of Rito Kill. I mean, I couldn't think of anything particular from the movie because, I mean, even though Roger Moore does put forth a good effort in the movie, he doesn't phone it in like Connery and Diamonds Are Forever and Never Say Never Again. Like, you know, he, he was 100% into it. It's really, like, upon re-watching it during when, when Pluto had the James Bond channel, it, I mean, there are parts of it. I mean, I think yeah. it's dropped to my ranking. It, may, it might be down to me. Not much good in that movie. Some, yeah. there's some, there's some, but but, which actually I do have something in my top 10 from it, but I will start my dishonorable mentions with the pre-tell sequence. I can't stand the pre-tell sequence of, of Beauty Kill. Uh, having uh, the beach, the beach boys yeah. in it and <laughs> clearly 30 years older than the Bond girl that's in that scene with him is just, you know, at 34, you watch that and go, that's a smidgen uncomfortable. Because Roger looks very old in this movie. We've said it a thousand times. Yeah. He he looks every bit of 56, I think he was when they filmed this. Yeah. 
55, I mean, 56, around there. Be, being 56 in 1985 is different than being 56 in 2021. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Craig is 52, I believe, and he's looks fantastic. Yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, Roger looked good for his age back then. The, as we've said before, and many other people have stated, Roger looked old in that movie because they surrounded him with a younger cast. Yes. You know, whereas in Octopussy, he had a much mature cast, you know, so he didn't, it, it wasn't as noticeable. So, right, uh, right. but some, yeah, my dishonorable mention, George's dishonorable mention was the entire A View to a Kill movie. <laughs> um, and uh, my dishonorable was the pre-tell sequence. So uh, as per usual, I will do the evens. George will do the odds, right? That's how we usually do it, right? That's usually uh, how we do it. So my number 10 is actually uh, from A View to a Kill. Mm. It's the ch- it's the chase when he is chasing Mayday. I actually enjoy that very much, even though he drives half a car at one point. I do think it's a pretty good chase. And it's, it's, probably, it's probably the best part of the movie for me. Yeah, I mean, it's really probably only the only real good part that and when um when he's laying in mayday's bed he's like oh aren't you here to take care of me <laughs> and then max Zor was just like, oh, go he's like oh, go ahead get some <laughs> but yeah um yeah that's my number 10 i've always enjoyed that that chase as a little bit of over the top it is it's not a bad chase at all it really isn't um so george you're number 10 my number 10 is the uh interrogating lazar from the man with the golden gun mm. where he goes to see Lazar who made, you know, who, who made the golden bullets. Mm-hmm. And, I know, can't believe I didn't put that on my list. That's a good one. That's a good one. And he's talking about, you know, <laughs> you know like golden bullets. It's like, Oh, I make this for customers. It's like, Oh, we know you do. Then he's, you know, he turns that gun around. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm pointing directly at your groin, it's which like, is oh, your, uh, which is your icon in my phone. Yeah. It's him. It's him holding the, uh, the rifle as ball yeah. as balls. But it's because he goes in like so cool, and then all of a sudden it just it turns, you know, mm-hmm. it, it turns straight into business. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Good. It's a good one. Good. Like I completely forgot about that. I'm actually mad at myself for that. My uh, my number nine may be a little uncomfortable in 2021, being everything that has transpired over the last couple of years. But it's um. It's his seducing of Solitaire, where he has the fake tarot card deck that mm. all say the lovers. And mm. he clearly tricked her into going to bed with him. Well, here's what I have to say about people who get uncomfortable about things in a movie about a spy. He is a spy, and he needs to do whatever he needs to do to get the job done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's hitting a woman or killing innocent men, you know, women, whatever, you know. Um, it's, it is what it is. Like, you've got to get the job done. Yeah. I mean, I like it because it's, you know, he, he's so suave and he's so cool with it. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. the the cards say we are supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. I mean, she did predict this actually. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's, he just tricked her. Yeah. But it's a trick that she should have seen coming. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, in the cards, be honest. Let's be honest. Just, yeah. Don't yeah. disrespect the cards, George. <laughs> so my number nine is the pre-title sequence of Octopussy. All right. Yeah, I've uh, I've grown to very much I, like the movie itself. This pre-title sequence has become one of my favorites. I think I actually put it in my top ten when we did our pre-title sequence. I can't remember, but um, 
yeah, I've I've become very much fond of this pre-title. It's a great stunt. Mm-hmm. It's a great stunt. So agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when he gets and when he gets caught, he's like, "Oh, small world, you're a Toro too." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the stunt with the plane is fantastic. That's oh. really what it does it for me is is the plane work, and that's great. And he, he runs out of gas. He's like, "Oh, fill her up." <laughs> then you, yeah, you cut and cut into Rita Coolidge. You know, one of your favorite songs. Cuts right of that sax solo, and you know me, I love a good sax. Right, cuts right into the background. Uh, your wall painting. Yeah, the, the pink <laughs> color, the pink color of your wall. Fantastic. So fantastic. Uh, so my number eight is surprisingly enough from Moonraker. Oh, all right. It's when him and Drax are uh, they were pheasant hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, Drax was pheasant hunting, and then. Um, you know, he hands Bond the gun and he shoots the assassin up in the tree. That's, uh, that is a really good scene. I, I have yeah. that too. So that's, that's it's just it's also my favorite. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's my it's my favorite scene in the movie. And Moonraker is a movie that I have found. I don't want to say a new love for because I don't love Moonraker, but uh, maybe a newer appreciation for. Maybe like a newer respect, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and. Um, you know, I, I just appreciate it more uh, as of as of lately than I used to. But uh, no, that, that's a great scene. I think it's 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 um, shows that Bond is always aware of his surroundings. Always, always. Uh, he's always he's always ten steps ahead. Agreed. <clears throat> um, so well, I'm on number eight now. Yes. Uh, my number eight is the fight with Shandor from The Spy Who Loved Me. Hmm. It's it's not a very long fight. But for the fact that at the end of it, when he just smacks the tie out of his hand, yeah. you know, lets him fall, it's it, it it's very it's one of the few bright points of that movie that you know at one point I did love it a lot as a as a younger as, as did a, I, and then over the years I, I mm-hmm. see the campiness is is really hard to yeah. ignore. Yeah, but, me too. But that fight with Sean, like Sean, he he's gone the entire fight, and then Bond just gets a couple quick hits and. Once again, as you said in the last pick, Bond being aware of his surroundings, mm-hmm. right on the ledge of the building, and then just smacks his tie out of his hand. I have it on my list too. It's a, it, it, it's a little, it's cl- not like close to up there. It's a few spaces ahead of yours. So I'll, I'll touch on a little bit more when I get there. So. Um, number seven, right? Uh, yes, I'm on yeah. number seven. Yeah, it is the um, it is the backgammon game with Kamal Khan. From oh, that's that, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one too. You know, he, like like Bond is aware that he's using loaded dice, but still sits down to mm-hmm. to play the game and put you know, and you know reveals that he has the um, the Fabergé egg, so puts him on Kamal's radar, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll use player's privilege and use your loaded and then use your lucky dice." And then you know, mm-hmm. and then as he rolls the dice double sixes, he never breaks eye contact with Kamal Khan, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's just it's it's little things like that in Moore's performances. That really, that really make him underrated in some aspects. I mean, yeah, the movies weren't all that great. Some of them more, were, though. Some of yeah. them definitely were. You know, I mean, yeah, like like, like living that die for your eyes only. I thought, you know, I think those are. I, I mean, I had those in my top ten, and I think mm-hmm. you had them up there as well. But I mean, I know the other ones seem a little campy, but Moore always had these little intricacies in his performance that always stood out. Mm-hmm. And Moore thrived as Bond when he had a great actor across him as the, as his main villain like Yafet Kodo and Live Let Die um, uh, 
Christopher Lee in Round Going Gone, uh, even Julian Glover in Three Eyes Only, and then of course um, Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan in this. I mean, I and quite frankly, those are his four best movies in my opinion because yeah. he has a really good villain to go mm-hmm. across from him, and it brings out Moore's best in the role. I think. And the one thing about his about his um, his villains is that they were always played by like really like well-known like mm-hmm. well not really well-known well-established but like masters of the craft and like Yaffa yeah Cone, because christopher because even, lee julian glover louis jordan like these guys were masters of their even craft. michael michael lonsdale and um mm-hmm. uh the guy who played stromberg were well-known like actors not like stars but you knew who they were and they were I mean, they Walken were good actors too. you know I mean, yeah like, yeah I mean, well, they, at this point, yeah. Walken had already done Deer Hunter, so he was yeah. known for that, but he was extra yeah. it's, campy. It's just unfortunate that Stromberg and Drax were not very good villains. Yeah. Because of their story. And it basically had the same plan for the world. It just mm. two different ways to go about it. One wanted to flood the world, and one wanted to blow the world up and then have people, you know, it essentially it was world domination. So. Yeah. Where, where like, you know, uh, Louis Jordan was not. He was a, he was a, well, he wanted to blow up uh, Berlin or whatever. Yeah, whatever. but that was more of uh, Orloff's. Yeah, design. I mean, he was more just like a, a jewelry smuggler. Yeah, and the same with uh, with uh, Mr. Big was just a drug runner, pretty much. Yeah, there was just, you know, it was, it was drugs, yeah. just heroin. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so my number seven is when he first meets Skyramanga at the sumo match in mm. uh, the Mantle and Gone. Just very good acting back and forth, and. Neither they don't actually make eye contact in that moment. It's it's you know they, Lee to, or, I was just uh, very briefly, that, yeah. At the at the very end when he leaves, when he looks at right. oh your peanuts turning from went like that's like yeah. no, like that's the only yeah. time they would look at each other. No, that's 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 a. Uh, I could have honestly made this whole top ten just from the man with the golden gun. Everybody, if you remember, George and I are big defenders of this movie, um, and do not understand they hate this movie. Gets apologize if you hear my dog. He's parking or something but uh upstairs but um no i i absolutely love that of course you know he sees um maude adams you know he finds her dead you know and stuff like that and it's just that whole scene Oops, i'm sorry oh hey yes man <laughs> yeah i've got to put on mute um the whole scene is great yeah Fantastic. So, um it all is great, so. it is it is <laughs> I, I still to this day don't understand the hate people have for this movie i, I just don't get it don't get it. Um, number, my number six is Killing Sander in um, okay. in in Spider Love Me. It's, I mean, it's arguably Moore's most iconic moment of his tenure. Um, you know, because it's it is the movie that it, people widely regard regard as Moore's best and and their favorite of Moore. And a lot of people have the Spider Who Loved Me, even if uh, they're not big Moore fans, they put it up high on the list. George and I, I do believe, didn't this didn't crack our top tens. It, I know it didn't crack mine. I don't think it cracked yours either. It might, I think it was like fifteen ish for me, somewhere around there. I mean, it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie, but I, I think it's the most overrated Bond movie ever, probably. Um, it's a movie this, this, that, It's a movie that people rate so high because they love the pre-title sequence. Yeah, it could be it. Yeah, and it's got. A, I mean, it does have a great and then, theme, and, and then the know. song. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great theme, and more is great in it, you know. But, um, and this fight was good with with Sandor. Um, and then of course, you know, on the ledge, like you touch, and goes, you know, where's Feckish? He goes pyramids, and he. I would say that's probably Moore's most iconic moment. 
in his entire tenure, honestly. Well, I hadn't really thought about yeah. uh, like his iconic moment, but yeah, I mean, you can make the argument. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot it down. Obviously, yeah. I, I would just argue because I think it's it's his most recognizable um, scene um, in his his seven films. Again, like, I mean, I have it at number six. Um, I think that's respectable. I mean, but I, I wouldn't argue against his most iconic moment. I would make the argument for it. Um, I might not believe that, but uh, I'd probably make the argument for it. Yeah. I mean, unless I dove deep and really thought about it, but I think everybody knows they see that scene. They're like, oh, Spy Who Loved Me. You know what I mean? James Bond. They, they know that scene. So that's my number six. Yeah. Uh, my number six is the, um, it's another interrogating scene. It's where he's interrogating Miss Anders from Man the Golden Gun. He's in the room and you know, he just goes to the bathroom while she's in the shower and just like, oh, good afternoon. You know, and she comes out with the gun and then he smacks the gun out of her hand, like has, you know, smacks her head too at one point. Yeah. But then it has yeah, and, then, and then and Roger felt really uncomfortable doing that too. Yeah. He was uh, he was very uncomfortable doing he's that. He's got her arm bent behind her back and he's like, oh you're breaking my arm. It's like oh you you you're hurting my arm. It's like I'll break it unless you tell me where those golden bullets are going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, no, I it, thought he was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. He's just, and he doesn't, he doesn't fuck her, like there. No, no. Like and, you he, know, if, he, if he does it on too, top of Miss Goodhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there were, it, 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 well, no, he puts her in the closet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does the old three. Oh, we lost George. All right. So George was talking about uh, how Bond uh, was uh, seducing Miss Anders. While we uh, wait for George to come back, of course we're doing this remotely. Um, just it's just easier to do it that way. So George, you're back. I'm back. Yeah, George's back. You froze for a second. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was uh, I was saying how if this was two movies later, he definitely would have fucked her. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, for it sure. was just. I mean, they, they had the champagne. It's like, oh, you know, it's you know, it's like, oh, why should I help you? It's like, oh, well, if Mr. Scaramanga hears about this little meeting, he might put one of those little golden bullets in you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he did. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know if it was a golden bullet, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he used the golden gun. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. It, uh, a, a, a difficult shot, but most rewarding. <laughs> uh, my number, we're on what five now, right? Top of the top yeah, of the list. Yeah, five. We're at the uh, we're at the halfway point. Yep. My number five. It's it's actually one of your favorite scenes. It's the auction scene from Octopussy. Mm, okay, it's a little higher I mean, on my list. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's it, it's pure bond just, just trying to smoke out whoever had the fake Fabergé egg. I mean, obviously he spots Magda and he's just like, oh no, there's a lady, and then it's just by chance that she's with Kamal Khan and yeah. uh, Jim Fanning recognized him, and then you know it's just you know he's willing to do whatever. And I mean, it's it's he's clearly going against protocol so much that M berates him for it. So you had yeah. no business bidding on that egg. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he had a he had a reason to do it, though. Yeah, I mean, and it worked. So it did. Yeah, it shows. The one thing I like about Moore's Bond is that he's extremely smart. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. not physical. He's not. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm obviously not taking shots at the other guys. You know, mm. Dalton was very physical. Connery was very physical. Uh, Brosnan had some physicality to him. Did Daniel Craig, Daniel is, basically Craig. A walk, is a, is a yeah. walking fucking demolition derby. Daniel Craig burst through a wall. <laughs> yeah. It was unlocked and open. You could have walked in. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, 
but Wall. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Moore was very smart yeah. and took, you know, I mean, it's not just that Bond is the best agent. Like, there's a reason why they always go to 007 for, for these missions because mm-hmm. he's the best at what he does. And this is yeah. a, another way that he shows how, it, how good he is. I agree. Um, so my number five uh, is the brawl in um, – I can't remember where it's – so when he goes to the – he's trying to find the golden bull that killed um, – was it 008? 002, uh, Bill Fairbanks, 002. Yeah, so um, when he goes and finds the belly dancer, and then he's in her dressing room, uh, and he has the fight, he has the brawl with the, was it two or three guys? I can't remember off the top of my head. Three guys, yeah. I think that's, that is one of my favorite more moments, because it's probably were, the they were favorite, favorite, that's right. Um, yeah. That's probably his best fight in his, in his run. I thought that was a really good, gritty kind of like fight like more actually like was, was throwing some punches took a little damage you know and stuff like that and um yeah not to mention when he throws the guy into the mirror you see the camera crew behind the mirror but still <laughs> um, <laughs> um i've always Basically, liked that fight scene good close quarters fight for yeah. him which you don't get i mean that's not again not a knock on more um but you don't get that very often and usually when you do like this it's really good it's really good so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's my number four I'm sorry, number five. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to my number four is also in the the, the man with the golden gun. I, my list is obviously clearly uh, got the most, I believe, in the man with the golden gun. One, two, three. Um, is the whole duel slash, um, the, you know, Scaramanga's funhouse at, at the end of the man with the golden gun. That whole sequence starting with, you know, back to back and stuff like that. And then the cat and mouse game through till the end he, when he kills Scaramanga is I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I, I <laughs> Even though we have no idea how he got a loaded gun at the end, we, you know, we've never cracked that code, but hey, I'll, let, know, I'll let it slide. Hey, you know, we could see her and we could, uh, debate semantics all day. That's how we end up. Uh, that's how we end up poking plot holes in back to the future. So yeah, yeah. Ain't, ain't, ain't even going to get involved with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but but I love this. I love this duel because it's the best assassin in the world against. Well, the best assassin in the world. I mean, it really yeah. is the two best. You know, one just one does it for money. One does it for queen and country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hardy, well I, done from Her Majesty's government. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, you're number four. My number four. Uh, you had already mentioned it. It's shooting the sniper from. Moonraker. Oh wow! Okay. Um, because it's once again, it's just pure smart Bond. You know, he's mm-hmm. you know, go w- What a pity, Mister Bond, you missed. Did I? Then the guy falls mm-hmm. out of the tree. Which one? Because when I see that, I always think of the Simpsons episode where Bart goes to the military school and he was like, "Oh yeah," and he's trying to, and he's hitting all the targets, but he missed the fifth one. It's like, oh, you, it's like, oh, you missed the fifth one. He's like, did I? And it cuts to Springfield Elementary, and Skinner's car was blown up. Because mm-hmm. I saw funny. It, it, it reminds me of that. So funny you brought up a uh, pop culture reference, refer- referencing Bond, Slow Moonraker. Um, I uh, for our, our listeners, I saw Black Widow um, last week. I guess that was. And at one point in the movie, after she's like on the run, um, she's like hiding out in like the middle of nowhere in this trailer and she's watching Moonraker. Huh. Huh. I think she's watching Moonraker. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I think the whole point is, yeah, she's watching Moonraker because it's, it's the scene where he kills Drax a snake. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then um, they kind of make an homage. I mean, the movie's not very good, uh, you know, unfortunately. Sorry, MCU fans, which I am one, but it's not a very good movie. But they make reference to the pre sequence at the end when she's flying through the air and catches Yelena with the parachute, which is it's not... It's an homage to the pre-title sequence where he has to catch up to What's-His-Face to get the parachute. I mean, how that could just be an homage to Point Break when Keanu Reeves is due to a parachute yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be an homage. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be an homage because they made reference to that she was watching Moonraker earlier in the movie, which is really weird to see a MGM property being referenced in a Disney movie. But um, whatever. And that... Bond movies, the yeah, one. of all the Bond movies, that's the <laughs> one, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, and the one thing that I do like after that Cypress scene is that Bond just casually leaves mm-hmm. and they let him go, yeah. They just let him leave, he's yeah, just like, Oh, like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> got me, yeah. I guess. I agree, all right. So, my number three, correct? Uh, yes, yes, it is, um, him killing Locke in For Your Eyes mm. Only, where he kicks the car off the cliff, okay. It's, I mean, it's brutal. It's probably the most like cold-blooded thing that Roger Moore's Bond has done. Probably, I'll get to. It's 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 up on my list more, but yeah. I'll get to it. But not I mean, to, it's just a great thing. He's got the he's got that little dove pin. It's like, oh, I believe you left this with Ferrara, and then throws it on him, and then just kicks the car off the side. Mm-hmm. I like I like the fact that like they insisted on him kicking the car because Roger wanted to just throw the pin. At him, and that would be like the tipping point. But I like the fact that he, they were like, well, we want it to kind of be a little more brutal, like more of a revenge. And Roger, as the professional that he is, he did it. And I agree. I think, I think it's his most brutal moment of most brutal, cold blooded moment of his tenure as Bond. Not a good one liner after it. I mean, um, he had no head for heights. I mean, it's it's good, but it's like, yeah, they should have something better. It's a like, guy, oh, he had to fall from grace. No, yeah, yeah. fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, you know where I said I was gonna kill you last? I yeah, lied. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to go on. Um, so my number three is the boat chase and live and let die. Okay, yeah, I mean, it, that's iconic in itself. Hey, I, I remember a good boat chase. I remember my dad told me uh, when that happened, like that was like the big, that was a like, huge in the seventies. Cause it was all practical effects, all real stunts. And I mean, who doesn't love a good boat chase? I know you do. I know you do. And I do too. And, I love a good boat chase. Um, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a great boat chase and it's a, again, live and let die. I, I, I think is my favorite more movie. Um, I think I've conceded that, not conceded that, but like for years I I pound my chest to Fear Eyes Only, but I think Live and Let Die is my favorite. And um, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. I know we haven't reviewed it yet, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get across that bridge, but uh, this might be my favorite scene in the movie. It's just a great boat chase. It's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, my number two, all right, we're winding down here already. Uh, my number two is the auction scene in Octopussy. All right, nice. nice. Yeah, I just, there's just, I love the fact because it's from the book, The Living Daylights. And uh, no, Property of Your Lady, I'm sorry. And, um, and um, yeah, I mean, he looks, he looks great in that pinstripe suit. And the, 
you know, obviously, he, I mean, he's disobeying orders, but like he knows what he's doing. You could see that he's confident that he knows that um, uh, Kamal Khan is going to continue to bid on that egg. And then the switch that he makes is it's it's I mean, we see it now. You notice it now because you've seen the movie, you know, so many times. But like it is pretty like well conceived, I think, that he makes the switch. You don't really notice it at first. Right. And uh, I just, I don't know. I think I, I like it a lot. No, yeah. You don't have to plead your case to me. I'll agree with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've made me a believer of octopus. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing God's work. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. All right. So number two. Your number, your number two. Yeah. My number two. It is the New Orleans conversation between him and Mr. Big, you know, slash Kananga from Little mm-hmm. I Die. That's a good one. You know, he's sitting there and he's, you know, and they told him that they, they, they brought him to meet Mr. Big. And you can almost tell, and you can tell like the whole time that Bond knows that Mr. Big and Kananga are the same person. He's just mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, did you mess with that? You know, points of solitaire. It's like, oh, you know, I would never, or, uh, it's like, it's like, I'll tell, it's like, I'll, I'll tell Kananga when I see him, you know, and then that's when he reveals and reveals the whole plan. It's like, oh, quite revealing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where he doesn't, you know, he doesn't lie. He he doesn't break eye contact. He's calm, cool, and collected the entire time, talking to Kananga. I like when he walks up to the guy and he's like, "My name's Bond," and he just laugh at him. <laughs> and I was like that for some reason. Names for tombstones, baby. <laughs> but I mean, he had a, a really good um, rapport with Yafat Kota. Absolutely, well, he's a great actor. Yeah. Like I said before, so mm-hmm. it's just it, it, it's what it's my favorite scene from Live and Let Die. Mm, it's a good it's one, just, it's a know, damn good one. Yeah, you know, Bond, like, like Bond knows that Mr. Big and Kananga are the same person, he just doesn't know the plan, but basically gets him to reveal the plan. Yeah, right there. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, you just give the you just give the heroin away for free. It's like, actually, yeah, it's kind of like a free sample, and then everyone gets hooked on my stuff. Then you know, mm-hmm. they're leaving me and the phone company is the only monopoly, yeah. So. Fantastic. Good one. So uh, now, everybody, as of usual, uh, between two and one, we will give our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. And uh, George, you want to give yours first? Yeah, I'll kick that off. It is, um, it's a little out there on a the scene, but it's when him and Anya are talking and he reveals that he killed um, mm. Anya's lover. And it's, you know, and she goes, oh, you know, did you, did you kill him? And then he just kind of, he turns around, looks at her, goes, in our business, you don't always have time to remember a face, you know, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's what we do. This is, this is the job. It's like, you're asking if I killed him. And yeah, I did. Mm. You know, it's it's not easy to remember a face when you're driving a hundred miles an hour on skis and people are shooting at you. Yeah. So no, that's a, that's actually a really underrated scene. You know, it it t- it turns them from being you know friendly into all right now now we don't know where this movie is going to go. Is she going mm-hmm. to kill him? Yeah, you know, what's what's going to happen? But mm-hmm. he's just he's stern and he's you know he's just always got that great performance. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know in our business you know you know in, in our business you know the, you know this is what happens. You know sometimes things like that happen. You don't have time to look to remember a face or any of that. So mm-hmm. that's a good one. It's the only album mention I have, so I know. Oh, really? Yeah, I only have one. Yeah, I have three, and I know, um, I know it's that's a lot, but um, I just thought of another one actually. Um, I'm not gonna make it as an album mention, but you know what else is a great scene? 
from uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. I mean, you made me think of it when we brought it up. Was him killing Stromberg? Actually, that's just a cold oh, blooded yeah. kill. He just yeah. unloads four bullets and there was two of them into his fucking dick. Yeah, <laughs> and then two I into did, the chest. I did think of another honorable mention, but it's it's not from any oh. one movie. It's from all. It's from just by every movie he was in, and it's his repertoire with Q. It's his back. Always great scenes with him and uh, Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, definitely. Always. So, so my three honorable mentions are the car chase from the man with the golden gun. Mm-hmm. Sands slide whistle, but the car chase itself is actually really good. Um, the tricking solitaire and the live and let die. Um, and then this one is, uh, I, I wrote it as parasailing from live and let die, but it's that whole of him whole sneaking in the San Monique. Um, Excuse me. Oh yeah, where uh, Wall yeah. Jr. has got the boat and he's like Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I was I was burping everybody. Um yeah, but that I just think it's really cool. he looks great in that little that you know the stealth suit, you know, and and he's obviously smoking a cigar while parasailing. You know, only Roger Moore's bond could do that. But um yeah, just that whole sequence of him. And then even when he gets in and he saves Solitaire is really good too. And then he, you know, he's got the revolver, um, uh, which I have the big Big, uh, big, oh my god, what is it called? Uh, Big Chief Studios of that Roger Moore, uh, that, you know, their, their versions of the hot toy. Um, you know, he lays waste to the animatronic Baron 70, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows that he was ready to kill that motherfucker, though. Yeah. You know, because if that was really him, that would have been a dome fucking gone on top of Baron 70's head. So. But yeah, it's you know I I, I love that part. So yeah. I can't wait to review that. I love Live and Die so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe but, um, uh, maybe we'll do that for the next for our next episode. Uh, maybe, well, maybe we'll see. Um, all right, George, you want to start, go with your number one? I'll go with my number one. It is the uh, it's the duel with Scaramanga. It was a flying suit. It just popped it in my head. What happened? From, was, there was a fly in the soup from the view to a kill. Oh. <laughs> that guy just died and he caught a fucking punt. <laughs> <laughs> he was having dinner with that guy. <laughs> he was a friend. Yeah, and he caught a punt. <laughs> Not somebody to get a doctor. <laughs> there, was a fl- there was a fly in the soup. Ridiculous. But uh, yeah, my number one is the duel with Scaramanga from the end of the man with the golden gun. I mean, you spoke about it when you talked when oof. Matches, well, oof, oof my back's day. my back is really killing me. Yeah, mine's yeah. that's why I keep moving around. So what oh one second, I gotta That's right. Sorry I was yawning, I didn't want to do it right in the microphone. You should um it's it's a fantastic scene. It's it's thrilling because you're on the edge of your seat the entire time you're watching because you don't know what's gonna happen. We know that Scaramanga knows the ins, the ins and outs of his island and his funhouse, and Bond is going through blind. And I still love know when he had time to switch places with that damn statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and find a loaded gun. Yeah, maybe the loaded gun was in the statue's hand. Who knows? I mean, maybe it's awfully bold of Scaramanga, though. Yeah, but I mean, he's the he's the best assassin in the world. He has no reason to yeah, think that true. anyone's going to get the upper hand on him. So yeah, that's true. Uh, your number one. My number one is Killing Lock. Killing mm. only. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely my favorite moment of Roger Moore. So it's just so brutal. 
and he and Roger proved as a bond that he could do camp and brutality at the same time when he needed to. And this, yeah. this to me, this shows it the most. And I, I actually enjoy the whole like gun shootout before that when mm-hmm. him and Colombo invade the. Uh, that's good too. Uh, the warehouse. The set, yeah, that's a good one too. So, um, well, that's our uh, that's our top ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I was actually a tough one. Uh, I don't know how many other moments. We did a Daniel Craig one, right? We did a Sean Connery one. We did. Uh, that was that was his. Uh, we came out uh, early of our break because he had passed, and we did his yeah. top ten moments. Yeah. Um, so more. I don't, yeah, maybe we just did Connery. I don't think we've done a Craig yet. I don't. I don't think we have. Which would be fitting to actually go in order of the actors. Actually, we we might have. Let me uh, let me uh, let me go through the uh, the library, if you will. We did do top ten Dale Craig moments. We did that for his because uh, his birthday. Oh, okay, yeah. But this is our third uh, moment podcast uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, season two debut was the top ten uh, Sean Connery moments. So right. um, this is number three, and. Um, yeah, that was that's actually uh, that was a good one. I'm glad you thought of that because that was that was really tough, honestly. Because Roger's got so many great moments. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, so just looking at the previous episodes, we're in 41 episodes of this of this channel already. I love it. Yeah, look at I love it. Yeah. So um, well, everybody um. Again, you know, as we're winding, you know, we are in the second half of season three. This was this was episode six. So there's only four more episodes left of season three. Uh, we'll take, you know, uh, as I've said before, um, episode 10 comes in like the middle of what would typically be our planned six week break for our other channel. Um, but like I said before, we'll do we're going to be doing three weeks off. No time to die. And then another three weeks off. That's just how we're just going to do it this time. And um, as we, as I said earlier in the beginning of the podcast, we'll we'll keep everybody informed on when exactly that it's going to be the weekend it comes out. It's just not sure exactly what day it is yet. So, because um, I'll be at New York Comic Con all weekend minus Saturday. So, um, and I believe the Witch's Ball will probably be that Saturday, if if history repeats itself. It's usually the Saturday of New York Comic Con. Yeah, well, it's usually the first Saturday in October. Mm, okay. Yeah, I guess so, we'll have to see. So, yeah. but we'll figure it out. And um, wow. So, um, in in two weeks, we'll be doing episode seven. I mean, yeah, this this season's coming to a close pretty fast. It's crazy how fast this year's coming, just in general. And we're yeah. halfway through July. So, next we know we're going to be in the theater watching No Time to Die. So, I uh, unless I it gets we'll, postponed again, I don't think it will. I I think. Um, I mean, granted, I know I, I. I mean, who knows? I know parts of California are going doing mass mandates again and i know england's getting a little crazy again so i guess we'll see right you know i don't think it's gonna get postponed i don't think they can afford to postpone so uh with that being said everybody um that was a good that was that was a good uh top 10 i enjoyed that very yeah. much we haven't done a top 10 on this channel in a while so i think we were due uh may 4th was the last one. Oh yeah we were definitely due yeah so of course you know because i mean we do the bi-weekly shows now so um it spreads everything out. So, but yeah, that was a good one and a quick decision. So, um, all right. 
everybody, we'll see you again in two weeks, episode seven, season three. That'll be episode 42 overall. Creeping up to 50. Um, yeah. Uh, peep boop guys. <laughs> uh, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers. And just like James Bond, Station 007 will return.